two, Jeff Cameron Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, Orchant TV, and a good Balls Wednesday to you and yours. Appreciate you joining us. I'm Jeff, that's Tom, Director Matthew in-house. If you missed it last hour, a lot of you tuning in now may not know that interview, the one that was promoted earlier this week and again this morning, has already run in hour number one. You can find it on Warchant TV. You can find it on the Jeff Cameron Show podcast. You can find it uh, wherever you get podcasts. So there you go. I mean, if you're here on Warchant TV, there's a DVR function. You can just go back and start it up. You're welcome. Yeah. And uh, I'll note that uh, I enjoyed the conversation with Mike. I, I, we already talked about this some, but he's a guy that seems to be in a good place right now. And I look forward to the future with him at the helm to see where this goes, and it goes from a lot of hope, a lot of hopefulness from players and the in fans alike uh, going into last year to a lot of expectations, a lot of expectations. I don't think coaches and players really run from that. I, I know that that's come up quite a bit about what's it going to be like to be the hunted. I mean, you play the game to win the game. I, I hate to sound like Herm Edwards, but you, you want to win football games or whatever game it is you're playing, and by winning them, by virtue of winning games – you get a lot of attention. The more of them you win, the more people pay attention to you. That's just kind of part and parcel of the deal. Nobody sits around thinking about that. They just think about how do I kick the ass of the other guy again next week. And I don't, I don't know that – I just think when you're in it, like the, the, the classic man in the arena, I don't, I don't think you're thinking a lot about all this other stuff that we think about in media or within fan groups or message boards or Twitter or whatever. You know, I think you're thinking about what do I do to get better to win again next week. How do I adjust to the flaws that were exposed this past week? What do we need to do collectively to get to where we want to go, which is ultimately for all these guys, the championship. I'm not saying they're impervious to pressure. Everybody feels the pressure of the moment. It gets ratcheted up the further along you go and the more success you have. I mean, first you're trying to, you know, again, I always use golf analogies, but you're trying to qualify. You're trying to get to the PGA Tour. You're trying to get your tour card. There's a lot of pressure when you're on the Corn Ferry Tour to try to get your PGA card, but once you have it, now the pressure is to sustain it, but you got to first make a cut. You just got to, you know, like, can we make a cut? Well, you make a few cuts. You think about, can I, can I be in contention on a Sunday? Then you're in contention on a Sunday. Can I win? Can I win a tournament? And then you just go. It's just the next step, and some people can handle it, some can't. I think in a team game, it's a lot easier to handle it. I've always thought that. It's, it, it's a lot more pressure in individual games if you play tennis, uh, if, if you're playing a sport like that where the whole world is focused solely on you. You can, you can maybe feel the weight of those expectations or the weight of that moment. I, I, collectively, on a field where your job is one of 11 in a given moment, you don't have time to be worried about the greater stakes. You have to execute your job on this play. You know, I, now, Again, maybe a quarterback feels a little bit more of that, but don't you think that would have been revealed more already about Jordan Travis if he hadn't handled those situations? Well, think about the comeback win against Miami two years ago. Uh, and all of the pressure that he was under there to, you know, they they needed to get that win. They were mired in a bad season. They had an opportunity. He made the throws, made the plays. The you know, Hell, the, the first game this year, primetime, national television, LSU, trying to begin the season on the right foot, which would perhaps propel you to the place that they ended up. And, you know, the whole country's watching you, and he made plays and throws and consistently was one of, if not the best player on the field. That was a high-intensity moment, and he handled it well. I just don't see the expectations that are out there now and being written about and talked about on a regular basis regarding Florida State as a hindrance to this team's growth because I don't think they'll think of it that way. Yeah, probably not. Uh, Jordan, It's at, that's a good point. 
that you mark his performances down the stretch, Florida specifically, where, I mean, think about the first half. How many drops were there in the first half? Oh, man. Three? Yeah. Three or four? Frustrating, yeah. Wide open ones that would have been for splash plays. And a couple of those drives, we still score a touchdown because he just goes and plays Superman. Of all the guys that you look at in the big moments last year and use that evidence to push forward and look at 2023, yeah, I worry about Jordan the least. I worry about him the least about showing up in a big moment. He That's all he did. Yeah. That's all he did. It was the nondescript roadie at NC State that was the problem. But the spotlight moment, as there is going to be to kick off this season against LSU, who am I worried about? Not Jordan Travis. He was ready for this game last year. And if it wasn't for him against Florida, we would have lost by multiple scores. Multiple scores we would have lost that game if it was not for that singular player. Yeah. Also in Oklahoma, second half, great bounce back performance. Yeah, and I, I just, I, I think it's weird. Some guys obviously are equipped to deal with, again, football, the one position or the two positions where I, I guess the pressure of those moments can overwhelm you and you can see a player's performance suffer because of it. Quarterback and kicker. Yeah, that that's fine. I can name those two. I don't think other position players really feel it. I never, I mean, I know it's a different stage, but I never felt it in high school. I never really felt like that at all because you have these, again, you have to execute your play. I got to block this guy. I got to run this route. I've got to seal the, you know, I don't have time to be worried about like, oh, we're tied at 10 in the fourth quarter. Uh Uh-oh. You know, you know, they just call, he just called this play. I know what my job is on this play. There is one lonely position though, that is within the scope of the 11 on the field that you can feel it when things aren't going well. And that's defensive back. Yeah. If you're, consistently getting roasted. You see the look in those players' eyes where I, I got nothing. I got yeah. nothing for this. I have a short memory at that position. And you now have a new leader at that particular position group who maybe can instill some more confidence. But I'm thinking especially of a certain player who we all assumed was going to be our lockdown corner last fall. By the end of the LSU game, I mean, that play that scores the touchdown where they were given extra time that they never should have been given they go after 13. They go after Florida State's best corner because in the course of the game, he'd been exposed. Omari Cooper had been exposed, and he did not bounce back last not, year. Not, no, no, no. He forced point. a fumble against Oklahoma, but that's not lockdown coverage and, you know, locking up the best receiver. It also receiver. wasn't intentional. He was making a tackle. I, I, I've i heard this before. I, I We were going to give up a touchdown there. We got lucky. He made a tackle, and the guy fumbled the ball. It was pure luck. It's about time. Our turnover luck just, has yeah. been kind of... Unfortunate. Yeah. No, but, but we, we were definitely going to give up a touchdown. That's there. a far cry different from, you know what, don't even throw to his side of the field, which is what we thought we were going to get. And that's one position group when things are going bad, boy, the ball just finds a way to get through a contested hand in the air. We, we've seen it for too many years now, whether it was the tail end of Charles Kelly, Harlan Barnett, oh, the boy. initial part of this tenure of Mike Norvell, that when it goes bad, the wake game. I mean, come on. How many different players are you in position that you don't at least put the ball on the ground, get it on the ground with a deflection? When it's going bad, it it really pours. I also think you can solve that issue by getting better players. And and I, I know that seems so simplistic, but I, I do think we have not been we have not carried a depth of supreme talent at corner since Mike has arrived. Now he inherited a nightmare. And that's one of the positions we're still not where we need to be. Now, Azaria Thomas could go a long way in changing our opinion on that. I think Cypress. Well, right. And the athleticism and length and fluidity of his game, the ability to get in the hip pocket, turn your hips and go, all of the things that Azaria showed at various times in practice as a true freshman 
could really help change the perception of what Florida State is in the secondary if he becomes the guy that his talent suggests he should be. And now he's going to have proper tutelage. I believe Patrick Sertan will get the most out of him in a way that we did not get from Woodson. Woodson did a terrible job. So we're in a position now with a good coach to come in here and, and teach in a way that I think instills confidence. And we'll get very excited as we see everybody elevate their level of play. And as all of those guys in the secondary get better with better coaching, the one with the most amount of talent will rise to the surface. And I don't think there's any question that that's Azaria. So he, he's a guy that has a chance to be, I think, pretty, pretty damn special. I'm interested to see what Sertan does with Akeem Dent, who will now be here for how many Year different? 17. And six different position coaches? And I mean, hasn't really been good in any of those years. Shown flashes. A game here or there. If he can string together three out of four. Wouldn't that be something? Yes. Okay, you're over him. So we'll just skip Akeem Dent. I'm, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. He has sucked. Well, that's all there is to say. I mean, it, it, I'm, it would be great. Won't it be great? In year 20, we get something out of that guy, it'd be awesome. Back half of 21, he was a good player. I'll give you that he was better in that stretch yeah. than he has been at any other point. And as duly noted by both of us, he's been here a long time. So you can you can name four games where he played well. <laughs> so I, I agree in those four games. And it's why you have expectations that there's something in there. That's fair. And Sertan can get it out of him. That'd be awesome. Well, you combine that with Shaheem, and they're still hunting for another safety in the portal. I mean, what I'm saying about the defensive back room is that there are fewer spots available than you think. There are fewer spots available if you want meaningful reps, which is good. Mm -hmm. For a group that was maligned again last year and hyped up in the preseason, I'm going to try and stop myself again this year. But <laughs> there are if you got Cypress on one end, Zarie on the other, Yes. And then we you've both got like, Shaheem we at both one like safety. Shaheem, we do, yeah. Whether he, that's the Jamie Robinson role or, or wherever. Then there's Akeem. From there, I mean, you usually have five on the field at a given time. Greedy had a good finish to the season. Renardo was one of your steady eddies. I didn't uh -huh. even mention his and name yet. And you can yet. put Renardo at safety, too, because he's played safety. So we'll see yes. how that goes, yeah. But, I mean, think about it. Now there's a crunch. If you're Omarion, for example. Yeah, you may not have room to play. Woodson was right about that, too. He did say that before the fall. Something, I, I don't know Something what happened. Was off. Something was off all year. I Some of it might have been the injury. He he clearly was was dinged. Haven't mentioned Kevin Knowles' name. Who was also not good last year at all. Hey, by the way, we might as well throw it out there. Speaking of year 20, come on, Travis J. We got a guy. We got a guy now. Let's bring it out of you. Because of all the guys we just talked about, he's got NFL talent. Yeah. I, I'm not saying he'll ever see it. Or bring to the surface. He's got combine talent. He's, yes. yeah, yeah, he's a guy that just looking at him, he is as gifted as anybody on the team. He's a freak athlete. And we've gotten nothing out yeah, of him. No. What, wouldn't it be something if you could pair he and Shaheem Brown as your two safeties? Woo! You get giddy, buddy. You get downright do. giddy. You do. I, I don't know. It's a long I mean, shot. It is. It is. But to your point, and I know I could be a sarcastic prick, what I'm saying is I, I can't. Akeem drives me nuts, and I'm tired of waiting on him. But you're right. With Patrick Sertan, who I was very excited that they hired, maybe we draw out of him consistency. Maybe we get and instill confidence in Travis J. Maybe you get something out of Knowles or Amari and Cooper that we didn't get a year ago. That's a reset. He's going to make his own, draw yep. his own conclusion. That's correct. And that has to be, I mean, if you are a Travis J or somebody who's been buried on the depth chart, that's got to be awesome. Here's your chance, man, and you're going to – there are very 
very few opportunities to learn from a guy who was an elite college football player who went on to be a very, very, very good professional football player who's also coached at a high level, uh, won a state title, uh, has the trust of his players, can teach it, can recruit it, can coach it. Man, you've got a chance. All of those guys do. Like you said, the ultimate reset button, and if you've got ability, maybe it comes out. And it, listen, Travis Jay has ability. Maybe, maybe that's what I'm most hopeful for. That's the other thing that is, whatever he can be maximized, he's going to be by the end of this year. And that's not just because Sertan is here. Travis J has had a lot of excuses to leave, and he's or, still or shut it down. Well, yeah, and I, he is he is a bright spot on the practice fields. I can't tell you how many times I saw. Yeah, it's scout work with the freshmen. You know, need to be a little bit better than that. But where he's making selfless plays, calling things out for his teammates, pulling them aside. Okay, so you've got the good citizen thing down. You're not a malcontent. Because a lot of guys who get passed over become that, then they have to get processed and they're gone. Yeah, they get embittered. See Sam McCall. He's not Sam McCall. Right. I. I, Yeah. Sam Sam was embittered for a lot of reasons, and some of them were... you know, off the field. So. I just wonder if he had photos of somebody on the staff that they let, kept letting him be the kick returner. Like, what kind of <laughs> blackmail did you have? Maybe they didn't care if he got hurt. Oh, jeez. I mean, there you go. There's the counter to that one. Oh, yeah, go up, go ahead. Bring it out. Tiptoe your way out again. Because they were all half-stepping. Third gear coming out of the end it zone. It was crazy. I don't know how you watch that and go, uh, yeah, that's good. I mean, at some point, you got to, man, we hit, we hit this running, baby. We, we got to go. I have a lot of hope there for Winston Wright. You know, that was something that he did very well at West Virginia, and I understand that he wants to maximize the film to show that he's healthy as a wide receiver. Cool that Mike brought up Winston Wright, too, yeah. He did bring him up. But I don't know. The lateral stuff with a leg injury is always a little bit more scary than the straight ahead. He, When we got him and Pittman to, you know, well, I guess it's 13 months ago now, it was your punt return game is fixed and your kick return game is fixed because each of them had a role that they played that they were very good at. And Micah was above average last year as a punt returner. Yeah, yeah. It, it largely fixed the disaster that our punt game was. I'm hoping that Winston is able to do that. I would understand if they want to be timid yeah, there. Be, yeah, yeah. But if not, that's a dude who won't go in second to third gear trotting out of the end zone like he forgot where the turbo button is on the control. Let's. I hope. That was <laughs> I. I'll say this, you know, early on when you first play football, like your first formative years of playing football when you get into pads, everybody I know that ever played, you, you kind of, you know, some guys make you nervous. They're bigger than you are. They're faster than you are, whatever. And you're a little nervous, especially my old ass back when we played, having to do Oklahoma drills all the damn time. Well, all you did was hit. So you were constantly thrown into it, right? And one of the things that you learn very quickly, and that's why I really – would flinch, recoil when I watched McCall come out of the end zone is that no matter what, you're better off going full speed because you have to deliver the same amount of energy that is being delivered to you to offset the brutality of that hit. And I remember coaches early on going, you know, know, good half step in here, Cameron. You might as well bring it. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're afraid. Be afraid at full speed. And after a while, you get over being afraid because you're going full speed. You don't have time. You don't have time. And when I'm watching him come out of the end zone half-stepping, I'm going, this is how people get blown the hell up. This is how people get uh, destroyed. Does he have hearing issues? Because what's the one word that Mike Norvell yells at oh! practice more than speed? Yeah, 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 yeah. Speed! I mean, we're all sick of it. 
but apparently it's not being retained. Where it wasn't, well, it wasn't retained. But that was multiple players that were returning kicks. Well, we don't have to worry about it extra. He's not on the team. Briley yeah. writes, do you all expect Mike to be extremely hard on the guys this spring? I kind of expect him to sound disappointed after practice more often as he raises the expectations. Your thoughts? Well, I think the level of intensity on a day-to-day basis for any of the practices that we're going to cover in the spring on into the fall will be that, more intense. I, I think that there's no doubt there is uh, pressure to elevate your level of play, to match expectations based on the talent you have, not what the fans want or what the press has written about, but instead where you think you're at. And clearly he thinks they're at a place now where they can go out, execute, and dominate some football games and achieve something of, of, of note. And so to extract the very best out of people, you have to push them. You have to push them extremely hard, and that's what competition does. There's competition now because they have more bodies, more able bodies to go out there and compete for reps. So Mike will push them some. I don't know if he'll use the press the way you're suggesting, Briley, to send a message. He may just do it on the practice field, which is what he frequently does. Mike doesn't send as many messages through the press as previous coaches that we've dealt with. Oh, that's correct. Uh, there are times when everybody would, and, and Coach Norvell certainly has. But, I, I mean, I, I'm fully expecting, because we get the access to this and it's just so wonderful, but I'm fully expecting for there to be less patience if something isn't run with efficiency. Effort has not been the problem at practice. No. Effort has not been the problem. Efficiency, maybe how much gas they have in the tank at times, th- those might be issues, but I, I don't think that those are unique to Florida State last year. That's every practice but he has now introduced the word championship in his press conferences Mike Norvell chooses his words very very carefully and as we were transitioning from the 2022 regular season to the postseason he started using the word championship he's never used that word before he's very careful about what he says yes and how he says it um, that's why we pay attention. When he's talking, there's a reason behind everything he's saying. That's why when I ask him questions in an interview, well, it's standard practice if you're doing a good interview, to listen to what the response is. But I know sometimes he's giving you a little hit, hidden nugget. He's trying to let you know something there, and he, he's purposeful. You're right. And he'll tell you that off the record, too, which that's not giving away anything. I choose my words carefully. Yeah. I know what I'm saying. <laughs> you, you don't have to worry about me rambling on and then saying, "What? what wait a minute, I didn't mean that. Coach was prattling today. That's why he looks so damned intense after these post-practice interviews. Even if it's a couched answer, maybe it's because he wants to vamp for a couple minutes because he's done. I don't yeah. have anything to offer you. Yeah. But he's making that choice. It's not because he loses his place in the book. <laughs> so that's the thing here. When he uses the word championship, I fully expect what comes behind that is a ratcheted-up intensity. Well, you can do that when you have a quarterback that has had a ton of experience and has the work ethic that Jordan Travis has. I, I think anybody else playing the position that you didn't feel 100% about or hadn't seen grow like that, you wouldn't introduce the word championship. But when you have a veteran player like that who's seen it all, been through an awful lot, and come out the other side really shining, then you can say it because you know it's not going, back to the original point here, it's, it's not going to upset the apple cart. It's not going to put undue pressure on him. He knows where they're headed. I'm interested to see. I don't know how much we'll be able to divulge in real time, but do they dial it back on Jordan in spring and allow these backups to cultivate into better options if we need them for a half and a drive? I don't think you can because I think you're going to want this thing humming come fall, and I think you just you got to incorporate all the pieces and get. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I see what you're saying. You want to get or do they rotate the twos? Maybe maybe you know Duffy gets a drive with the twos. The thing is though, it's just. 
There are some new weapons here, so you got to get used to that. You also have to let the offensive line gain chemistry because mm. that's going to be comprised of a new five no matter how you slice it. There's going to be a new group there. Quarterback has to be comfortable with that, the communication on the checks and all those kinds of things. But Tate shows some flashes, and I'm sure A.J. feels like this is his year to make that leap and be ready. To what, make a leap ahead of Tate? Yes. Yeah, yeah meaning right. that I'm one play away from running an offense with these guys. If I was the backup right now, that opportunity with all of these weapons, yeah, many of them go away. Many of them go away this offseason upcoming. What I do think is interesting, though, is that there is no doubt as we head into spring that he is behind Tate Rodemaker. Duffy didn't come close correct, correct. to unseating Tate Rodemaker. It wasn't even competitive. So we, 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 we're going to have to see a huge jump from him if that's going to be the case. And that's another part of the competition we talk about. The other good thing about that, you've got more able-bodied offensive linemen. As long as our luck doesn't continue down the road of terrible with the offensive line and health, you should be able to conduct a practice to where A.J. gets better protection when he runs yeah, with the threes. The, yeah. Let's see. Oh, man, see? Can we start tomorrow? Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply welcome back to the jeff cameron show sponsored by legendary home loans a mortgage experience designed around speed simplicity and customer service before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV on a Balls McWednesday. My thanks to you, Tom. Thanks for the donation there. Uh, appreciate you. Apparently, there's more, Tom, that I have failed to acknowledge. Not Woo! good. Uh, Matthew, uh, for the children, he writes. Thank you, Matthew. And Marcus, uh, I want to slide this to Mickey Dollars. Next time you see him, I'm a booster now, or Mikey Dollars. Uh, so there you go. Uh, appreciate you guys listening to the program and donating to the cause, if you will. Woo! So the question was asked while we were talking earlier about uh, whether or not uh, our Wilmer asked whether or not there would be more interviews with Mike Norvell in the future. Uh, Mike and I have always got along swimmingly, and I think Mike is up for those things. Um, I don't know about a weekly interview like I did in the past. Uh, that's a distinct possibility, maybe down the line, but there are no plans in place for that. But I think certainly, um, given his policy with press, I, I, I think 
Mike is open to the idea of sitting down and talking, uh, you know, pretty frequently. So we'll see moving forward. I don't know when, when it's in season, maybe, maybe we'll get a little bit more, uh, but we get access. So everybody gets access uh, now to, in a way that previously we did not. And that's why I thought it was so imperative that I've, you know, forge ahead and try to get a weekly interview the way that I did back then. Maybe what you can do is during the second half of the Miami game, you guys could just have a long form conversation. conversation while we're watching the ass kicking take place his, before our eyes. Yeah, his job will be done. At that so. point, he'll be bored. Yeah. Tell me what you see on this play, coach. We're going to go back to the first quarter. Uh, tell me what you see on this play. It's funny. I, I, what you would like to do is if you ever got an opportunity, I wonder if I could, I don't know how we would do this. Uh, but when when I was having fun, we were doing the the quote unquote. Me and Gene Deckeroff were doing the celebrity coaching and all that during the spring game. One of the things that I liked, and you had to cede to each other, and you know, Gene would call something, and then I would have to wait, and then it'd be my turn or whatever. One of the things I did like is that, and and I think that fans would love this, and I did learn something, um, and and this would be neat if you could find a way to harness it and utilize it in the form of. Uh, a broadcast, Fuller would talk in my ear after we called plays and tell you what the look meant. Yeah, he would say, hey, we're, we're given this look. Here's what we're trying to get. And he'd say, this is what they've combated with. Do you want to switch? Like, it was really cool. On the fly, you had mere seconds. You really realized the speed with which these guys operate. That's the thing that really stands out offensively and defensively how quick you have to be ready to call the next play, the next formation, whatever it might be. You don't have time. I mean, these guys go. And that no sooner does a play end, that call's got to be in because that's got to be relayed by the players to the other players. It's got to be now, and the hand signals are being done by the assistants that are there. So, like, you don't have time. A lot of times at the end of a play, you're trying to gauge – did we get four? Like I, It's on the other side of the field. I can't see. Did we get four? Did we get five? What did we get? That's going to dictate. Is it second and five or is it six, second and seven? I can't, you know, it's going to dictate what you call those two yards. And while you're sitting there trying to find out exactly what you got, where it helps you is the eyes upstairs are going, we got five, we got five, what do you want to do? And defensively, same type thing. It's going to be second and long here. Good job, good job. What do you want? What do you want? Now they've got a game plan going in. And so Fuller or Norvell, either one, based on that down and distance in the success of the last play or failure, they know tendencies. They know what they what the other team's likely to do on that yardage or the plays they like to call in that yardage. Whereas you don't have access to that. You don't know. Like, it's, it's within the own, your own team. Like, I, I can't know, you know, what they would normally call here. I know the signals for up-tempo. Or if you just want to line up on the ball, I know what the what the call is for that now. I know what all those things. You can hear it too, by the way. So they gave us the real call, which is really cool. And so I would, I, you know, now when the season played out, I listened really closely. Anytime I was in the stands to hear coaches yelling out the signal for on the ball, it's now. It's fascinating, but you have to be ready so quickly. But I guess my point would be, if you wanted to hear the depth of knowledge and the speed with which you have to instantly recall that knowledge and employ a game plan, play-to-play, series-to-series, be on that headset and listen to those guys talk back and forth. It is, it is so intense and very fast. And that was a spring game. 
do you think that the call for on the ball will be used more this year? You think we would get, would there be a benefit to tempo, more tempo for this offense? Depends how much better the defense is. I mean, you play complimentary football. That's what you do. That should be the goal of all of this as a staff. It's one of the things I didn't love, you know, about the way we were trying to go about things under Willie on offense. Uh, it, it wasn't, it, I, I didn't think it really served our purpose because defensively we we couldn't get stops, and I, I don't want to give people more at-bats. Uh, but but you could argue the other way. I know what the argument is. Like, we're not going to get stops anyhow, so just try to outscore people with more reps, but we weren't talented right. enough. Well, it, the talent level is going to be there, especially the defensive interior rotation if everybody's healthy. You like your chances to stop the run more consistently against good offensive lines than certainly we did last year. Mm-hmm. But I look at the interior of the offensive line as the you know the dictating force as to whether or not tempo is good because I want a run up the middle between the tackles for three to five yards every chance I get, and then that's tempo right there. You're yep. in second and six, yep. we're second winning, and five. We're winning first down over and over and over again, yeah. And there's a physicality to that. That's what Gus Malzahn proved before he proved a lot of other things that were not so great. Mm-hmm. But that you can run tempo and be physical at the same time. Those are not mutually exclusive ideas. Like, we thought of tempo as throw it 50 times before we saw that that kind of offense could exist where there's physicality yeah. up the middle you between wear the tackles. You running the game, yeah. Yeah. With the running game. Stop yeah. the dive was the key. That's what we said. Got to win first down. Yeah. To get them out of tempo. Right. Right. And that's easier said than done because you can know it. Jimbo knew it. And I'm not even talking just solely about the Auburn game. I mean, like, we saw teams run that on us, and it it became difficult. And you had good players. It still becomes difficult. Well, I mean, you see tempo in the NFL, and those are the best players in the world. They still get exhausted. They get run down. They lose first down. And then if you lose first down two or three times in a row, you tend to keep losing first down. It doesn't suddenly work itself out. You have to hope for a penalty, a drop, a fault, you know, like a false start, something silly. And this year we ran outside zone very well that they did the year prior for splash plays at the very least. And then uh, obviously counters something. Sorry, counters what we run for multiple years. Outside zone was what developed. The Clemson game was the eye opener. We went, oh my God, you could just do this. They ran. This isn't fluky against bad teams. You can do this. They ran a lot of whatever they wanted to run in the second half of the yeah. season. It was really remarkable. We Again, play calling is not anything I worry about. But People the, always complain about play calling. The truth is this, this, this unit is a good play calling bunch. Oh, I'm yeah, I agree with you. Sequencing and the game plan, I'm not yeah. worried about that at all. But the pages of the playbook that you can open or the aspects of the offense to keep it multiple or keep an opponent on their toes. Mm-hmm. If the interior three are better this year, this is the thing I've talked about. What's the last thing for the offense to conquer? When the world knows it in third and one and a half and you're gonna run it and you can get it, that's when the offensive line's gone to a new level that we don't we haven't gone to yet. But by extension, if that interior three is good much better this year, then you could call a simple run up the gut on first down. You don't have to get fancy. No outside zone, no pinning, no pulling. And that can open up the seam, which is what we have now, some guys up the seam. Yeah, the 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 beauty of Florida State getting better and, and, and having greater depth, and now the next step, by virtue of that, tougher, um, is that, yes, you suddenly, I mean, this is why we go into these discussions about the offense potentially being, Barely unstoppable. You now have three bona fides, we think, at a position that you had a half of one uh, at tight end. You've got depth and talent, size and speed, 
at wide receiver. Your running back room is incredibly deep to the point where, like, well, who's transferring? Because not all these guys are going to stay. You trust your quarterback implicitly, pre-snap and otherwise. Yeah, man, and if you're more physical, if that's the next step, you take short yardage and red zone improvement, this is going to be silly. Can I can I line up and bully you on second and short, third and short, fourth and short? Can I do that if, if I want to? Can I do that? We couldn't a year ago. So that's another step to take with this group. I think he can with Trey Benson trusting his leg. He'll enter the season believing and running hard. I think the line's going to be more physical and stronger than it was a year ago. They improved a lot, but they'll only get better, and they added to it in the transfer portal. Some of the young guys that got reps last year that will be fighting for starting positions are, again, a year stronger because they weren't forced to play too soon. All eyes are good. Let's just say it again. All eyes are going to be on this defense. Can they take a big step forward so that when you face really good offenses, it's not guaranteed that they're going to have a banner day against your defense? They're going to have success because the rules are built around offenses scoring points, and that's the way it works. Hard to play good defense at all anymore. But not everybody has to set records against you. Not everybody has to have their best day of the year against you, which a lot of teams did. Offensively, if they had a pulse at quarterback, they they move the ball or pretty, the pretty freely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that 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 I think will change and should change. How much it changes will dictate whether or not they're championship level. Jeff Cameron Show ninety three three Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. that I'm going to be watching us against this 2-3 zone. Look lost. Not moving. Pounding the ball on the floor. So, I don't know if it's going to be Cleveland or Mills as the trigger man here, but uh, Syracuse leads the ACC in block shots, and they're second in steals. I'll be there tonight, Tom. I know you're staying away, and I understand why. Staying away is uh, probably the way to describe uh, it. Oh, really? Okay. I understand it. <laughs> they got a seven-foot center, and Jesse Edwards is um, first in shooting percentage in the ACC, top three in rebounding, first in ACC block shots. I don't know. Trying to get a feel way down in the cockles about whether or not we show up tonight. I'm bringing, bringing one of the boys. We're going to cheer our heads off as best we can for a team that's freaking 8 and 16, 6 and 7 in the ACC. Be the one tonight, guys. Have this one be the one. Let's get to 9 and 16 and 7 and 7 in the ACC. You're going to be Hal Sutton in the uh, executive box tonight. <laughs> be, the be the right, right one, one today. today. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, I hope. I'd love to see us play uh, play well. What size... Because in those days, that was probably just a, a mere the large bag, yeah, polo. shirts they used to wear. Like, what size polo would you have to buy today to match the sleeve length for all those players? Would it be double XL for a large? Like, is it up two levels? You see those early years of Tiger, and I mean yeah. that there's that one brownish 
red shirt that he wore that comes down halfway down past his <laughs> forearm. Like I'm like, my man, yeah. what are we doing, everybody? It seems like that would be annoying. Sweating. That's what we're doing. Sweating, Sweating profusely. but also trying to, like, guide the club back into the right slot while navigating your clothing dangling across your wrists. <laughs> like, what are we Why? This is silly. And also, look, I, I agree with you that we don't have to have form-fitting slacks on the tour to the level that's like saran wrap no, on some players. That's Billy Ho. That's the that's, problem. Right, right. And DJ, mm. which nobody will see. Well, nobody sees him anymore. Right. Coming up on the CW this weekend. Yeah, nobody sees him. But you didn't have to have the bagginess of the late 90s, early 2000s either. Those pants were unbelievable. Those must have weighed two pounds. I'm not even kidding. The, uh, well, it's funny. Yeah, you're right. It, there's, a, there's a happy medium. Golf pants tend to, they've trended the wrong direction. Lots of things have trended the wrong direction in the last few years in general. Oh, my goodness. Uh, no, I'm, I'm saying just the level of decorum and debate, you know, and all of that, uh, you know, whether we're talking about elected officials or whatever it might be, right? All of it's fallen off a cliff where you can't even have a normal discussion. Everybody wants to be a sound clip or a video. But guys' pants, where we went to a place where, what are we doing? Is this such an evil yeah, pushback yeah. to Baggy that we've come the other way? Soon these dudes will be swinging away yeah. in Speedos. Yeah, the uh, the polo-ish shorts, right? Like that brand has seen quite a change in the last 20 years. Devastating changes. Because now it's it's mid-thigh. It's like, welcome to mid-thigh I, golf. I bring shorts. this up all the time, man. When, when we go out golfing, I had a very nice pair of pants on yesterday when we went golfing. Those were yeah. very comfortable. They look comfy. Were, they were very comfortable, Tom. Borderline silky. Yeah, they're, they're golf pants. You got to be able to stretch. <laughs> got to be able to move. Uh, but, but yeah, but they weren't tight. Anyhow, the point would be when we go out to play, I'm forever looking around like, oh, come on, man, that's unnecessary. You got dudes on the range. Well, yeah, it, it's not. <laughs> the problem is from a comfort standpoint. I'll use I'll first person in the range. You can live with it, but then when they sit in the cart, you know, oh. you sit in the cart. It's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> What is this, a centerfold, or are we trying to play golf? <laughs> are you trying to sell those shorts to women? What are we doing here? Is that why three-quarters of your thigh is out? What are we doing? <laughs> right now is the season for hot tubs. Always. Oh. Always. With my friends at Speaking Pinch of short shorts. There you go. You can wear them in a hot tub. Uh, Pinch a penny approves. Get the hot tub you've always wanted for the price you've always wanted. They have a showroom that's over 12,000 square feet. You can get a two-person tub, family-sized tub, hot springs, hot tubs, like two, like huge family-sized tubs. I don't want my whole family in the tub. Yeah, no. We don't need everybody in the tub. It's time for Tub Talk, brought to you by Pinch-A-Penny Pools and Spas. Buy yourself the hot tub you've always wanted at the price you've always wanted from Pinch-A-Penny on Greer Street. Now, it's live to the tub. It happened the other day, though. I know we've spent all day talking about uh, football because of the Mike Norvell interview. But I've uh, I've flipped over to baseball, man. My head's in baseball now. I want to watch Florida State baseball. I want to watch Major League Baseball. I have a question for you. Here you go while we're in the tub. A question for you and all the other people that are in the tub with us, I guess, listening. Robot umpires, yes. No, 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 no. Here we go. So I've got the Hulu Plus. Oh, boy. You've got YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. They just dropped MLB Network. 
YouTube did? YouTube TV. Mm-hmm. I got that email. I may be switching for the summer. Well, who doesn't have it? Oh, really? No. Okay. What do we do? Sling does. And Sling also has MLB alternate. So if you ever get they Screwed. Ever the double broadcast, you can now have both. And they also have MLB uh, first pitch, which they run, I believe, on Mondays and Fridays, which is like red zone. So it just whips around to its to the coverage. It's it's more baseball centric than tonight. Where like MLB tonight, they might do a demonstration and then mm-hmm. they'll cut to the field. That's all it is. It's just they cut from situation to situation in baseball games. So I really enjoyed that last summer. I think I may make the switch for a couple months. I'm gonna have to do something, man. This is pissing me off. I, I was stuck, even though I was glad I didn't watch us get house seven to one on the ice the other night. Uh, yep. can't, can't watch my lightning with Hulu TV. They blacked me out. Oh well, you you just go to ESPN Plus. I that. did. They blacked it out. They said screw they did you. Not. Yeah, well, we're playing the Panthers. That must have had something to do with it. I, I was able to pull it up on YouTube. You were not on Hulu, and I have ESPN Plus that came with the Hulu package. I'm getting screwed. You are getting screwed. You sh- that should not. There should be no difference there. Once you have ESPN Plus, you should be covered to get the hockey. It should have nothing to do with what your provider is. That's interesting, Preston. I switched from cable because. I'm an adult. I wasn't going to stick stick around and get bent over by cable, sorry ass. No, no, no. I've got Cable's going to end up being cheaper. It's, uh, we're getting close. <laughs> getting close. Yeah. You don't think YouTube's going to go up for getting the NFL package, even if you don't buy it? Their costs go up because they just spent a crap ton of money on NFL Sunday ticket. I got to figure something out. I'm about to tell somebody goodbye. I'm a little frustrated <laughs> with all this. No, I mean, meaning Hulu, whoever, I got, I got to figure it out. In the tub tonight, I'm, this is where we're figuring I'm it out. I'm telling you, Sling was very good with that part of it. Also, Sling has NHL Network, which I love to watch for the playoffs. I don't really care about NHL Network for the non-playoffs. But YouTube TV does not have that particular channel as well. So, yeah. You know, the endless search to get this right. Everybody was in a hurry to cut the cord, and I waited, and I waited until they offered up all these packages where you could get Hulu Plus and Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. It all came together. Hey, look at all this. It's $50 cheaper a month than your cable network. We'll give you 1000 up and 1000 down. You have speeds galore. Don't worry about it. You can do your podcast over here. And so I did it. I finally did it. And, man, I'm paying just as much as I've always been paying. Yeah, yeah. And certain things are not available, including MLB Network, which pisses me off. Well, like I said, too, the channel change is a very convenient thing in the television world. But if you're trying to change streams, you got to get out the Xbox controller or your smart TV remote, <laughs> and it's like diddly-do, diddly-da, and now I'm in position to hit it, and it's going to buffer for 10 seconds. There's no immediacy to it. In a world with immediacy as what we need to deliver to everybody, the podcast isn't up for five minutes. People freak the hell out on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, they do. Well, right? The people on Twitter That's suck. fine. That, well... Yeah, go ahead. I said that's fine for the record. (laughs) How did it become harder to switch from channel to channel? How is that okay? I'm not having as big a trouble as you're having with the channel switching. Something's going on at your house. No, man. If you want to switch on YouTube or wherever, you you got to hit it down and then move over left, right, the other, and then switch the stream. Whereas it used to just be like 27, 32, Yeah, Yeah, that part's true. Last, you know, like the last channel button, that doesn't exist. Yeah. No such thing. They, the internet part of it's okay, though. <laughs> we were concerned about the internet part of it. Could it not buffer? We're right. good now. The we're inter- good there. Yeah, the internet part is good, but if it's not going to be, if they're going to continue to leave, you're going to be devoid of certain things and it's not any cheaper, what the hell was the point of the, this whole thing? 
I undertook this big to-do. I had the guys come out to the house six times over. Yeah. And I was, I, I mean, I was. There's nobody more unlucky with technology that no. I've ever met. Like, it's not for a lack of will to learn or whatever. And oftentimes, you're thinking I'm screwing it up, and then you go, no, I don't know why that's doing that. That's really strange. Yep. And you're like, okay, he didn't screw this up. Yep. And I just have to, I get to walk away. That's the benefit. I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you, partner. Yeah, and it makes me want to throw stuff. <laughs> I get pissed. Like, what do we, can we get it together, everybody? Let's go. Yeah, P. Simpson with a good point. Live wagering is tough to do when you don't have a television versus the streaming and the delay on the streaming. It's too late. Yeah. It's too late to make the bet. Yeah. When that comes to this state, that's going to be a real problem. Well, when I live wager, and because the speeds are final, I live wager on my computer. I just sit there and go, I'm watching the game on my computer, and then I got the other thing, and it's like, we, you know, just snapshot it. Oh, buddy. Last time I was was in New York, you you best believe. (laughs) Amy's like, can we go? I'm like, man. Babe, uh, we're in the middle of something here. We're, I got Vancouver, Calgary on the over. Let's kind of hang on here, now. Yeah, let's Six and it. a half. Yeah. Move down to five. <laughs> Good work out of you. Our thanks to Mike Norvell for joining us this morning. Uh, that was a joy. If you missed the interview, go back and find it wherever you get podcasts. It'll be up. Warchant TV. Good job, Director Matthew. Peace, everybody. Talk to you soon. 